What are you doing? He's getting a morning ride in. Sponsored by... <laughs> Secretary. <laughs> you can't, he can't be galloping out there if there's no sponsor yet. We're working on it. This Come segment on, brought to you by laminitis. I just love the word <laughs> laminitis yeah, so You don't much. want it. Imagine your toenails being pulled from the wall of your foot. And humans get it? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I'll have to put that in, as Bob said, my Google machine. Indeed. I uh, went to school with Laminitis. Good third baseman on DeSales. Good, good, good family. East side. Right off Avenue O. Great guy. Here's Shay Norling. Shay? Uh, yesterday on Waddle and Sylvie, Waddle and Meller had a spirited conversation regarding the idea that the Bears could trade Justin Fields this offseason. They cited the potential number one pick coming to the Bears that they could use on a quarterback, whether that be Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, and the fact that Ryan Poles did not draft Fields. He is quite literally not Poles' guy. Also, Poles has not explicitly said Fields is the franchise quarterback. These are all reasons why... Waddle and Meller brought up the idea of trading him. So shot or no shot, the Bears could actually trade fields this offseason. That's a no shot. Now, that was a great conversation in July. Correct. When we, when we talked about, well, is Justin Fields Poles' guy? I mean, Poles has actually been on the record saying that, yeah, he's, he's our quarterback. Heard him say it. Now, whether or not he believes it or whether it's true, that's one thing. But he's actually said it on the record to the flagship. I've heard him say it, Cap. So, I mean, look. We know that you're starting from the bottom. It doesn't necessarily mean that you look at Justin Fields and say, okay, we're already at the bottom, so just start all the way over with a new quarterback. I'd rather go and move forward with a quarterback I know versus someone I do, I do not. So that's a no shot. Yeah, it's a no shot. They are not trading Justin Fields. They are not. They are moving forward with him. And hopefully they could surround this kid with more talent. Now, here's, here's an interesting topic here for you, Shay. So, if you were to trade Justin Fields, what would you get for him? You know what, you already see the numbers. You know what he can and cannot do. What could you get on the market for Justin Fields and his first contract? Could you get the second pick in the draft? If Houston gets on the phone and says, we're going to give you number two for Justin Fields. And then you're holding one and two this year? Yeah, what else? Well, you get a lot more than that. But I'm saying that, it, that plus a lot of stuff. Like you you get, get, wait, wait, you wait get, you're getting a lot more than that? I think you probably get that pick, and a future second, and a future fifth, maybe. Plus, maybe even more than that, honestly. You might get two seconds and two fifths. So you're telling me that if Justin, with three years left on his rookie deal, because that's what it is, mm-hmm. is dropped into this draft, he's the number one pick? He's better than any quarterback that's going to be taken on the surface. On the surface, yeah. but with only three years left, Houston's obviously, like we are, a long way away mm-hmm. 
they might say, we're taking C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or Will Levis, whoever it is they evaluate, Mm -hmm. and they've got five years to build around him on a rookie deal. I don't think you're – I don't know if he's going number one. I don't know. Because he's got three. If he had five years left, different story. Just, well, he's got two years, and then you have to lock him up. But that is part of why that's the problem facing the Bears. I mean, if you really think that you're three years away, that you're not going to be good until you have to make the decision on him, then resetting the clock does have to at least be considered. Why? The kid would be 26 years old when you should have this thing built, and he should be ready to roll. 26 years old and awaiting $350 million, $400 million, $450, whatever it is. It's not your money. I know it's not my money, but I'm just saying as an organization that from their perspective, I could see at least why you'd consider it. I don't think that they do it. I think it's ludicrous. 26 and bitter about this franchise. Right. (laughs) Bitter. That's what it would be. Move me out of here. (laughs) Especially if the team doesn't get any better. As someone who loves Saturdays for college football, I like what I see on Saturdays from Levis and from the quarterbacks that I've seen. I just don't know what that looks like on the next level. Like, I'm not knocked out about this quarterback class. Are, are you? Can you look at it with uh, NFL eyes? I think it's pretty much garbage. I like Garbage? Bryce, I like Bryce Young. Uh, Anthony Richardson, I think, stinks. True. I think uh, Will Levis is the next Zach Wilson. Everybody's going to watch him in an empty gym, basically. Like, you're going to be throwing in a dome, and it, everybody's going to go, look at the arm strength. And he's going to go number two, and then he's going to just be terrible. What about C.J. Stroud? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Boy, you are awfully dismissive of a kid who's a damn good football player. Charlie? Wow. Aren't, all, aren't, all, aren't all four of those guys probably going to go, if not overdrafted, like maybe in the top 15? I mean, like we see it every year where sure. once, especially Levis and Richardson, once we go through the draft process with those guys, like teams are going to fall in love with what they see. Sure, and they feel... Just like Cap, when he was a talent evaluator, we can build him up. No matter what you say about no him, doubt. here's a guy, look at his intangibles. Look how tall he is. Look no how, doubt. We can build him into something because that's what you guys do. You're correct. <laughs> you coaches, you just, you just build a guy up like Lego pieces. Right. That's what you do. You are 100% correct. Can't tell you how many times. I remember walking into a gym in the CBA. Remember the old CBA? Oh, yeah. Now it's the G League. Mm-hmm. And there was this kid, he's not going to, I'm not exaggerating, 40-foot jumpers mm-hmm. in warm-ups. And, I mean, just flicking his wrist like Steph Curry. He was the best, Till Curry, the best shooter I ever saw. Like, who the hell is that guy? I'm not here to see him. Yeah. And it was Tim Legler. Yeah. Who ended up going to the NBA and becoming a hell of a shooter there. Mm-hmm. And he, how did he fall through the cracks? End up in the CBA? Guys fall through the cracks all the time, and other guys get overvalued because they run higher, jump faster, and they're stronger. He came from like a small college. LaSalle. Drexel? LaSalle. LaSalle. Mm -hmm. Same conference, right? All right, Che. All right, Devin Hester is once again a finalist for the Hall of Fame. He's the most prolific return man in NFL history. He's the all-time lead leader in non-offensive touchdowns scored. It's his second consecutive season as a finalist, so shot or no shot. This year, Hester gets in. That's a shot. He deserves to be in. He is the best at what he did. I know Yurko is dismissive of special teams, guys. They're part of the roster. They are vital to your success, and he's the best that ever did it. Put him in the hall. It's beyond time. I believe you should be in the Hall of Fame, yes. So I, I would say shot is maybe that's just me hoping that that happens sooner than later, but... I say yes. 
Um, so, Cap, Reg- Reggie Wayne? Mm, I'd have to look at his numbers, but well, you know the Reggie eye Wayne. test was a great player. Yeah. Um, Andre Johnson? Texan? Off, awfully talented. Zach Thomas? Awfully talented linebacker. Well, definitely Jared Allen. Definitely Jared Allen. Bears legend. <laughs> <laughs> he was done here. He cashed checks. Great Cav. <laughs> Great Cleveland Cavalier. No, Jared Allen. Yeah. Hall of Famer. I, I What's think I'd have to look at his you numbers. You don't need to look at anything. Just If you got to look at it, then it's no. If you, have to, if you say I got to look at it, then that means no. Devin Hester, yes, right? For sure. Torrey Holt? The old Ram? I mean, excellent no. player. I, again, I have to go back and look so at the numbers. So it's no. Darren Woodson. The old Cowboy safety. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty good, man. Patrick Willis, linebacker. Yes. Yeah. So, did I say DeMarcus Ware? He didn't. Uh, defensive end? Yeah. It's got to be five, apparently. You got to be able to get five in. So, but more times than not, the NFL gets it right. It's not Major League Baseball where you just, people that I like because they were nice to me. No. Sorry. The NFL gets it right. Eventually, if not this year, Devin will be a Hall of Famer. He'll be the next bear in. Well, the NFL, correct me if I'm wrong, does not consider character. <laughs> Can you play or not? Because, yeah. like, O.J. Simpson, for all of his transgressions, he's still in the Hall of they Fame. They don't consider character? I Again, do not believe he, that. Do you what happened with T.O.? T.O., one of the five greatest receivers who ever lived, had to wait years to get in because he wasn't nice to people. I think they consider character. And Joe Thomas. I, I do not believe that character is part of the equation. I'd have to look at the list. I don't know. I'd have to. And Joe Tom- Revis is on there, too. And Revis Island? Yeah. yeah Hall of Fame. And Joe Thomas. The Brown. That lost. Oh, a lock. Played 10,000 consecutive snaps at left tackle. 10,000. 10,000 losses, too. Not his fault. <laughs> he did his job. <laughs> All right, Shay. All right, uh, here's Pedro Grafal, new White Sox manager, talking about new White Sox signing Andrew Benintendi. Take a listen to this. It wasn't until the second interview with uh, Kenny and Rick that one of them mentioned, hey, what, do you, what are your thoughts on Andrew Benintendi? And I'm like, okay, you mentioned it, not me. So now let me, let me talk about him. So um, he fits perfect. He fits perfect in this ball club. He fits perfect in this park. Um, he's exactly what... Uh, what we were looking for this offseason. Shot or no shot. <laughs> Andrew Benintendi is exactly what the White Sox needed. That's a shot. It's a shot as far as uh, filling a need for sure, right? The pop that you need out of the outfield. He's got a lot of abilities that they needed, man. And he's supposed to be a really good guy in the room as a leader. He's a solid outfielder. Yeah, that, that's a shot. So, so Shay, let me just put it this way. It's one of the things that the Sox needed. It's one of the things the Sox needed, for sure. What, what's the biggest, biggest criticism for the Sox as far as on the field? You need some left-handed thump. Correct. Right? Not, and real outfielders. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if he's thump as much as a left-handed bat, real outfielder, as Shea just said. Mm-hmm. Good dude. In the, he checks a lot of boxes. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm just, I, it shocked me. I didn't know that was coming. I didn't know we had Grafal sound. It's very interesting. Yes. I hadn't heard from from Pedro. Well, there you go. I, this, this, <laughs> t- Hoodie, can you tell me I'm wrong? Because I've mentioned this to you a couple times off the air. Yeah. It's when I hear the Andrew Benintendi signing, what I hear is 
Yeah, that's what you needed. You got a good player. It's a very nice signing. But it feels like teams around the league are shopping at Gucci, and you're shopping at some discount store. You're at the Nordstrom Rack. $75 million is not Nordstrom Rack, right? But it's not what, you know, you're not going and getting Correa, and I understand there's concerns with that now, but you're not going and even getting Dansby Swanson. It's It feels like other teams are shopping in the top shelf, and you're grabbing Burnett's. Yeah, you mean like the Cubs shopping at the, the top shelf. Yeah, Eric Hosmer on a m- minimum deal. Come on. I, I got no problem with the Benintendi signing. I think you trust your scouts. I just said it's a good signing. I like it. I'm glad that they did it, but it, it just feels to me they could have still done more. You understand what he's saying, Cap. Yeah. Okay, but, and you understand what I'm saying as a Sox fan. Benintendi is a solid signing. However, if that's the difference between 81 and 81 and getting to a deeper on the postseason, I think you're daft. It's not the difference. But it's not him. It's what his signing does. Andrew Vaughn goes to first. And then what? That's his natural position. And then what? Let's right, find out. They believe Oscar Colas is ready to take the next step. Yeah, that's... That's that's Chicago Bulls thinking right there. Like, I understand what you're saying, but from a Sox fan standpoint, it's like, look at all these teams that are doing things, including the Cubs. And what are the White Sox doing? Like, Benintendi's fine, but what they're ultimately saying is, as is, is good enough. Because the majority of those guys are coming back. The, the, the rotation is coming back. I thought that Giolito would be gone. I thought they would make another move to be able to be a little bit more diversified in their lineup, and they have not. What they're depending on, a la Bulls, we just got to get healthy. Really? Is that better than 81 and 81? We're going to find out. Because this team, again, the door is wide open for them to make a run here. You don't have any more, many more years left for this, Cap. I said at the time, eight years to be able to get there, just based on the youth on, the, on this baseball team. So where are you going? That means that Anderson's going to be better, more he- is going to be healthy, Strong defensively. That's the whole thing with this team. It would boot the ball around. And the other thing is, too, they were not clutch. And you're not healthy. So, ultimately, Rick Hahn is saying, we'll just wait and we'll just got to get healthy. That's all. That's not good enough. Because I do not want to be where the Cubs were, where you're on the precipice, you win the World Series, you get to the playoffs, and it's just like, no, status quo is fine. Status quo is not fine. It's not good enough. It isn't. Agreed. 312-332-3776 is our phone number. The latest from Bengals coach Zach Taylor and NFL EVP Troy Vincent on the latest on DeMar Hamlin. That's coming up. Deal breakers at 835. All part of the mix on Cap and J Hood. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Cap and J Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Deal Breakers comes your way at 835 right here on Cap and J Hood. Glad to have you in today on this Deal Breakers Thursday. You know, the story of DeMar Hamlin continues to be on our hearts and minds. Of course, Monday Night Football, DeMar Hamlin um, is playing. It's the Bengals and it's the Bills. Everyone's hyped up for that Monday Night Football game. And all of a sudden, Hamlin has a cardiac arrest on the, on the field. Thank goodness, Cap, that the AMTs on both sides, where both teams were there, to help Hamlin. His heart stopped as he was on his way to the hospital. His heart stopped again. He is right now, he had 100% 
oxygen. It's down to 50 the last time that we heard something, right? That's the latest? Correct. And then uh, ESPN reported that his father spoke via Zoom to the entire Buffalo team to thank them for their prayers and their support and said he is actually making progress. And they said the Bills players needed it desperately. Then they went out on the practice field and resumed practice. They said it was a really moving and amazing moment for the team and the dad. Boy, you know, your leadership is tested in moments like that. Mm -hmm. You know... When you're a coach, your focus is how can we win the game and the preparation and making sure that your players are ready to go. Do you feel like no stone's been unturned, right, when you're a head coach? That's correct. But when you're Zach Taylor and Coach McDermott from Buffalo, you are there and you see what happens, and all of a sudden you go from being a head coach to even more of a leader in moments like this. Some thoughts from Zach Taylor, the head coach for the Bengals, talking about his conversation with Coach McDermott. At the time that Hamlin was in peril, and and I won't disclose um, any of the private conversations Sean and I had except for this. When I got over there, uh, the first thing he said was, "I need to be at the hospital tomorrow, and I shouldn't be coaching this game." And so that to me provides all the clarity because there were, there was no uh, unprecedented is the word that gets thrown out a lot about this situation because that's what it is. Uh, but in that moment, he really. Uh, showed he he was that that all his focus was just on Demar and being there for him, being there for his family at the hospital, and and at that point, um, I think everybody everything trended in the, in the direction it needed to trend. Now you know, Cap, a lot of this conversation, especially what happened on Monday night, is hey, they should not play this game. Well, I think whoever made the decision. The coaches, the teams, the National Football League, Roger Goodell, whoever made the decision, I'm glad that game did not continue. We've made examples or cited examples of Shazier from the Steelers where we didn't know he was paralyzed. He was taken off on a stretcher, and the game continued. There's been so many examples of something devastating happening on the field of play. You have a prayer circle. You wheel somebody off and put them in the ambulance, and you just keep playing. In this scenario, because... DeMar Hamlin had to be revived on the field. It was the right thing to do to not continue that game. Completely agree. It was, as you have put it, the first day we've talked about it, Tuesday, uh, move the drill. Somebody tears an ACL or blows an Achilles or even when they're put on the board and taken out on a cart with their neck immobilized, they move the drill. Let's go. We got to play. To watch one of your... It's like a brotherhood in there. Yeah. To watch one of them go down and you don't know if they're going to live and they're doing CPR right in front of you. Yeah, that, that was the correct decision. However they arrived at the decision, whether it was the league, whether it was the Players Association, whether they did it in concert, whether the players said we're not playing, whatever it was, it was the right decision. I heard, I don't know if you heard the same thing about... Before every NFL game, there is a 60-minute meeting. Have you heard about this, Cap? I have. The 60-minute meeting in which both sides, uh, the medical team, the EMTs, the medical team, and a referee, they all meet before the game to discuss what happens, whether it's cardiac arrest or something that happens on the field. They go over everything that they have to be prepared for in an event of an emergency like we saw with DeMar Hamlin or other things. I did not know that until I, I learned that this week that that meeting takes place before every game. Isn't that something? It, like, now, 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 if you're a doctor, Dr. David Kaplan, right? Yep. 
I know you. You're like, okay, I already know this stuff. Why are we going through this again? But that's so important to be able to have that regiment of saying, hey, just make sure that this is right. Just, just make sure that we get everything together because if there's an emergency, we got to be able to snap into action. That is correct. So that they go through all the scenarios mm-hmm. and everybody is on point. And I was reading something. I'm looking for it while I'm talking to you. There was something that I believe Josina Anderson tweeted that I found incredibly interesting. Uh, no, it was Stefania Bell. I'm sorry. She said on the NFL call this evening, this is last night, Dr. James Ellis, NFL Director of Emergency Preparedness, shared a particular tweak that they made to the NFL emergency protocol this year. He was attending the Euros at Wembley last year, the same tournament where Christian Eriksen suffered a sudden cardiac arrest for Denmark. Mm -hmm. And how he saw how they handled it and how everyone went to work and they had a physician called code leader and they added it to what you just said to the 60 minute pregame meeting with all medical personnel the code leader says if there's cardiac arrest for anybody out there coach cheerleader player whoever i got it i'm in charge Mm -hmm. and so when he went down and they knew it was a cardiac episode they had a protocol in place and everybody snapped to action, and they knew exactly what they're doing, just what you were talking about. You just have to be locked in. And, again, you're in that meeting every, before every game, every NFL game, like, okay, we're going through this again. But you have to be able to know, if there's an emergency, what to do. It's interesting, on the flip side of that, Cap, what Tua Tunga-Vailoa, the first concussion, as far as we know, that he had, we saw him go down, and his fingers are in, in you know, five different yeah, clench like a spasm. Yeah. And so... Or a seizure. In that situation, Cab, like, yes, we have we seen concussions on the uh, football field? Absolutely. In that scenario, he has a concussion. Game continues. Like, oh, we always... Be, when concussions become commonplace, that's, that's uh, problematic for the National Football League. Mm-hmm. I know that this is way more serious because they had to revive him through CPR and get his heart started. But just, it's interesting that in the same season... Tua's got his fingers going in different directions because of the seizure, because of the concussion, and you move the drill, next play. It's the way the NFL wants it. But in this scenario, I think they did the right thing. I know that in a panic situation, I saw this on social media, everybody wants to point fingers. Mm-hmm. Point at Skip Bayless. Point it at Roger Goodell. Point it at the National Football League. Why is this game being, being, being played? What's going on? The focus should be on the young man, Hamlin. That should be the focus. I know people want to you know, are mad and they want to point blame, to but ultimately the prayers or the well wishes should be for that young man that he survives this. Agreed. I completely agree. This doctor, just to put a, a, a cherry on top of this, mm-hmm. the doctor, James Ellis, said, we determined after watching how the whole Christian Erickson thing unfolded and how they handled it. He's back playing for Manchester United. In a cardiac arrest situation, you want no question who's doing what. Who's got the defibrillator, he said. So we sent out a memo saying at the 60-minute meeting, it's mandatory now in the NFL. You must designate one medical personnel as the code leader. We go to Code Blue. Jonathan, you're in charge, and you have the protocol all set up. There's not, um, where's the defibrillator? No. Yeah. It's Shay's responsibility, and he's bringing it. Man. Uh, one other note Pretty on this. Cool. 
One other note. We talked about this yesterday, but just now we have the sound cap from Troy Vincent in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was going to be a five-minute warm-up that is going to take place now to explain that, whether there is lightning or a thunderstorm or if there's something going on in the stadium and the players have to leave and they come back, the protocol is for the players to have a five-minute warm-up. After what happened to Hamlin, there was speculation on players, and I believe, Cap, maybe it's from your reading, I think I read that as well, that Burrow somewhere in the stadium was warming up. He was getting loose in case they were sent back out. Some thoughts here from Vincent in that regard. Was there a five-minute warm-up after what happened with Hamlin? Five minutes warm-up never, never was, never crossed my mind personally, and I was uh, the one. I'm saying I, not to be selfish, but the one that was communicating with the commissioner. We never, frankly, it never crossed our mind to, to talk about warming up to resume play. That's that's ridiculous. That's that's um, insensitive. And that's not a place that, that we should ever be in. Okay. That's exactly what we were talking about yesterday. And glad to see him, a former star player, clean that up. That's our look around the National Football League. We want to dedicate that to young Hamlin. And again, if there's any further reports, we'll have it for you here on ESPN 1000. Deal Breakers, powered by SEO Level Up, next. Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. Cap and Jay Hood are back on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's Home for Sports. We all have to make choices in sports and in life. It could be running on third down. You ran the same third down situation, and you ran the same play twice. You're getting paid for that. I cannot believe the call. Or managing finances. This country, you've got to make the money first. Or... It could be a deal breaker. I'm Doug Llewellyn, and here's the case of the... It's not people's court? No. Mm. It's called deal breakers. It's brought to you by SEO Level Up. Call my guy, Tommy Seilheimer. You need to get search engine optimization for your company. Take it from a guy who's worked with them. They're amazing. SEO Level Up. Look them up. Here's Shay Norling. Shay? All right, boys. Let's get started with deal breakers. You are... The head coach of a major college football program, and your team is days away from a postseason game. Rumors come up on social media that your best player and some assistant coaches were hosting and participating in sex parties to help recruit players. What do you do? All right. Ask for an invite. Uh, (laughs) I'm the coach in this spot? You are the coach. I'm invited to the sex party. You find out about it. Well, Cap... The sex party, is that a violation these days in the NCAA? Wow. Things have uh, changed, you know, since NIL. Is it part of a collective? <laughs> well, first of all, so how do I find out? Someone leaks it to me or... Someone tips it. You know, you're going to get tipped off by somebody. Someone will tell you. I would call said assistant in, uh, your offensive coordinator, Charlie. Mm-hmm has been hosting sex parties and they were bringing recruits there and they're paying hookers to work it. Okay. Charlie, I need to see you in the office. What's up, coach? It's, uh, we got to have a discussion. I got to ask you a question. Close the door. Charlie, I'm just going to come right out and say it to you. Here's what I'm hearing. True or false? And if he says to me it's true, you are immediately fired. Who else was involved? 
Okay. And I would figure out a way to get to the bottom of it, and I, I don't care. The, the game is not more important than doing things in an ethical manner. I'm not talking about buying a kid a, a meal here or a jacket. Sex parties? It's a deal breaker. All right. So let's get the real answer from Cap. The real answer is, what kind of kids are they? How hot? Can they play? And how hot is she? thought you were going to say, where's my invite? Oh, no, no. I, I think Cap's real answer is like, let me see the kids. Let me take a look at the scout here. Uh, got three first-round picks at receivers. Mm. Uh, we got a quarterback who's up for the Heisman. Okay. And mm. we got four offensive linemen that can really block. Well, I don't know anything about it. Go ahead. Have your fun. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like I, I, uh, it, it is it a deal breaker on the surface? Yes. I don't want to know anything about it. La 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 la. No, I, I didn't hear anything. Don't put me in it. Because because eventually it's going to come out, and then it's going to cost me my job. So I'm going to meet it head on. It's a deal breaker. I didn't know. Didn't know anything about it. Well, then you have lack of institutional control, and if I'm your president, I'm firing you anyway. That's fine. If you don't know what's going on in your own program, I don't want you representing my school. So I am. it's a deal breaker for me. First and 15. Just bring me my money. Give me my contract. <laughs> I don't want to know anything and about if it, I'm Jay. not coaching, invite me to the party. <laughs> I get paid every two weeks. La, 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 la. I don't want to know. Uh, is it a deal breaker on the surface? Yes. But I'd like not to know as long as I'm getting some good recruits, getting some quality. Boy, he's 46 and 3. 24-7's got us ranked number one in America. <laughs> That's what I want. Yes. All right, Jay. All right, you've been dating a practicing vegan. Things are going so well that you're moving in together. Obviously, you have different lifestyles, but they lived with a roommate and didn't own their own pots and pans. They demand that you buy and pay for all new cookware because they can't eat food if it's made in something that has ever been used to cook meat. How do you react? And I'm really into her, right? Yeah, you're moving in together. Uh, Yeah, I, I would buy the cookware. Now, if she said there's special cookware that's $70,000 for the set, no, that's a problem. But if it's just normal, all-clad or whatever, Cuisinart cookware, yeah. If that's important to her, yes, I would buy it. Not a deal breaker. She can't eat that vegan food in the skillet that my mom passed down to me? Nope. Why? Because it's had remnants of meat on it. She wouldn't know. I washed it real nice. That doesn't matter. I I I found out the hard way that... Like, every time a Malnati's opens, uh, existing... Uh, uh, an, angel, an angel gets his wings? No. Oh. An existing... Re- all the existing restaurants have to take the skillets they cook the pizzas in, the pans, and they have to each send four or five to the new one because the pans have to be seasoned, broken in. I thought you'd want new pans. Little did I know, I was an idiot. I, uh, I could put a good shimmy on that, Cap. Brand new, honey. Look at that. Look at that shine on those things. Brand new. How's that a deal breaker? You're asking too much now. Yeah, I'd have no problem. My sister-in-law's a vegan. Exactly. You're paying for them, though. Oh, that's all I'll say. Whatever. Who's cleaning them? If I'm dating a vegan and she's moving in and she's going, buy me all new pots and pans because I won't eat food that's cooked out of your cookware, then you pay for them. You pay for them and bring them in. And she, partnership. I, why do I got to change my lifestyle? Did you say she's going to clean them? Is that what you well, said, too? I, yeah, well, no, like... I'll do the dishes. <laughs> I actually do all the dishes at home anyway. Uh-huh. I, I enjoy it. Um, 
but no, buy them yourself. Like if these are these it's, are your pots and pans, it's why not, do I have to clean? Why is the whole relationship in your mind, Shay, separate? You buy them if you want them. You're in a partnership. If she's moving in, she's your teammate. Well, that's one of the partner. That's one. Of, that, if there's a partnership, that's our part of the partnership. That's part of the deal, right? You wash them, you buy them. How about that? But that's the that's the act, the crux of the question. She's demanding I buy and pay for these. I don't want to do that. We can buy new cookware for you, but you need to get new pots and pans. That's the crux here. That becomes an issue for me. I just buy them. Whatever. You're not even married to her yet, though. You're just into her. She hot? You're not marrying her if she's hot. Excuse me? Young Kaplan, you're not marrying her just because she's hot. No, don't shake your head yes. No, you would not. All the women you've been through before you got married again? Please. Wow. What? Shay. The old Kaplan plow. Go right ahead. How am I supposed to follow that? With, right. with another question. Your family wants to go to a private event on New Year's Eve. <laughs> the old Kaplan plow. Bam! Wow. Take that. Your family wants to go to a private event on New Year's Eve that you received invitations to. It's a pre-recorded concert, and it will air on national television for the ball drop. The event, however, takes place at the same time as the college football playoffs. Are you going with your family to this event, or do you go on your own and watch the game? Absolutely not. I'm watching the game. Okay. I don't care if George is playing or not. I'm in. I'm a college football fan. Sorry. So, is it your alma mater that's playing... Shay, or it's no, just it's the, for me, it was the playoff, and you didn't go to any of the four schools, right? Correct. Wow. Um, I would not be thrilled if we were booked to do that, but if the entire family was going, I would not be the guy that stayed home. I would not. Now, my wife said, Hey, the kids want to go do this concert thing, you can hang home and watch football. I got no issues with it, different. If she said, "Hun, it's important. I want the whole family to be together. The kids bought these tickets. They really, really want us to do this. I would not be the guy that goes, I got to see TCU in Michigan. Sorry. No, I would not. I would go. Yeah, would not. I would not be going. My family knows how important college football is for me. So, Shay, would you say you were dug in on this stance? Well, yeah, this did happen to me. Uh, what I ended up doing was... <laughs> I compromised, and I went to the event, and I watched the games on my phone. Paid no attention to the event. I had my phone out. The games were on. That's what I did. I think that's a fair compromise. Mm-hmm. I got no problem with you doing that, Snorling. Ball drop. So No shot. No shot. I'm asleep before midnight. That's just a fact. They get up at 4 a.m. like you do. Mm-hmm. It, it's not like people go, do you stay up really late on the weekends? If you get up five days a week at 4 a.m., mm-hmm. you can wake up at 4 a.m. basically on your own. That's correct. We were off for, what, nine days? Mm-hmm. I was off nine. You were off eight, mm-hmm. I think. Yep. Uh, I believe the first six, I woke up on my own at 4 a.m. Yeah. Huh, I'm up. Get used to it. Right. I just didn't have to get in the car and go anywhere. <laughs> so, well, you know my answer, Shay. I told you my answer. This is college football playoff. No shot. Oh, listen to him. If Peacock said, Jonathan, this is what I need you to do, yes, Michelle, he would be in the car. No shot. She would not book something when George is playing. 
and that's out of respect and love that's for you. That's exactly right. But if it was Michigan, Alabama, Ohio State, TCU, or whoever, but no Georgia, Jonathan, this is important to me and the kids. Yep. You would go. You would not blow off your family. You would not. You would tape it and you'd figure it out or watch on your phone like storyboard. Tape it? Yeah. Tape it? Why not? I've DVR'd games and then said, don't tell me what happened and gone home and watched it like it was live. I've done that before. No shot. I can't do it. No shot. No chance of doing that. No discipline. Go ahead. And that is... (laughs) That is Deal Breakers brought to you by... SEO Level Up, my guy Tommy Seilheimer, his partner Bob and their staff. They are amazing. They're out in the western suburbs. You need search engine optimization. They are the best in the business. They'll build your app. They'll build your website. Look them up. SEOLevelUp.com. So what kind of drunk are you? We address that next on Captain J. Hood. I'm bad. I'm weak. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. Cap and Jay Hood are back on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports. Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. So which type of drunk are you? Shay, give us some insight on why we asked that question. Because as we well know, when there's spirits, there are different types of people that when they drink, they have a different personality. So which type of drunk are we? So I was doing show prep this morning and I found an article that uh, goes over a pamphlet that was published in the 16th century. (laughs) And it describes the eight types of drunks in the 16th century. Uh So let's go through these. The first type is ape drunk. The phrase from the pamphlet, the first is ape drunk and he leaps and sings and hollows and danceth for the heavens. Okay, so someone that's a dancer, someone's got the, the lampshade on, Cap. This makes himself a spectacle. Correct. Okay, that's not me. All right, what's the next one? The the second is lion drunk, and he flings the pots about the house, calls his hostess a promiscuer, breaks the glass windows with his dagger, and is apt to quarrel with any man that speaks to him. Okay, so Charlie, that would be someone that is likes to fight, right? The angry drunk. Yeah, the angry drunk. Cap, you've been around those before. I have. I don't like the angry drunks. Yes. They're just because you never know what level they're willing to go to. All of a sudden, they just go dark. Someone that might have a bright personality, start drinking, all of a sudden, they just go dark on you. Correct. And just like, wait a minute, what Mm -hmm. what happened there? There are mean, angry drunks. I've been around before. That's a tough one. Um, That's not me either, by the way. All right, what's the next one? Swine drunk. The third is swine drunk. Heavy, lumpish, and sleepy, and cries for a little more drink and a few more clothes. This is me. (laughs) A little more what? (laughs) Cries for a little more drink and a few more clothes. That's me. (laughs) You want that? Wow. Heavy, lumpish, and sleepy. That's me. Okay. So you're lumpish and you're just uh, a little sleepy. So you so you're not vibrant when you're drinking. You just want to just lay down. I'm I'm act I'm so five drinks. I'm ape drunk. Yeah, seven. I'm swine drunk. Wow. Yeah, seven. 
Like you can handle seven drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's like, yeah. Look, you're bigger than me. Yeah. I, I. I'm weak drunk. That's yeah. I'm just getting started at seven. Yeah. No shot. Yeah. That's not a problem. No shot. Um, Can't do it. Is, is those the three categories? There's eight of these. Oh, give us give us another one. I don't think I've reached mine yet. The fourth is, I think this one's Cap. The fourth is Sheep Drunk. Wise in his conceit when he cannot bring forth a right word. What does that mean? You, you heard this. You heard what he said. I don't know what that means. Wise in his conceit when he cannot bring forth the right word. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. I mean, when you're drunk and you're slurring... Yeah, that's that's what that means, right? Get a little extra talkative. Yeah, just say what's on your mind. Oh, that's all I words yeah. a little bit. Is that you, Charlie? Yeah, I just won't stop talking. Actually, that, I'm it's incredibly I've, annoyed. Yeah, I get more. I get quieter when I drink. Charlie, actually, I've that, I've witnessed you in the in that state. So yes, you do do a lot of talking. You do a, a lot more talking than normal when you're drinking. Was that at the Whiskey U event? Yes. <laughs> I did notice that about you. It was, was bouncing off the walls. I said, Charlie, but Charlie, so I said, Charlie, who doesn't say a lot, very measured, right? He's, he's just usually waiting for the punchline. He just kept going with a monologue. I said, Charlie, what the hell? He just kept going. Uh, is there another category? Yeah, I want to read two more of these that I think one could actually apply to Cap as well. Um, this one, though, is maudlin drunk. Okay. When a fellow will weep for kindness in the midst of ale and kiss you, saying, By God, Captain, I love thee. Go thy ways, thou dost not think so often of me as I do thee. I would, I could not love thee as well as I do. And then he puts his finger in his eye and cries. Okay. That's not me. Not, not a weepy, but definitely just someone, that, a happy drunk. Like, you know, I love you, right? You just, you just mean the world to me. I've always thought you'd be great. I just think you're the best. That could be more me. <laughs> I just don't have a very high tolerance for booze. I'm just not very... There are certain things that certain people feel like they're reasonably good at. Uh, Drinking is not one of them for me. Weepy drunk is not good either, by the way. I'm not a weepy That's drunk. not good. All right, give us another one. This is the one that I think may also describe Cap. Goat drunk, when in his drunkenness he hath no mind but on lechery. Lechery. What is it? What's, uh... Trying to hook up. Yes, that may be. Oh, my God. So out of those categories, I'm thinking that I would be the happy drunk. Does that make sense, Shay? Out of, that ca- out of those categories you just mentioned? Uh, what would M- Ms. Hood say? Uh, she'd say happy, for sure. So you're not jerky when you get drunk? No. No. No, pretty, pretty happy drunk. It's pretty much the same guy. You know, it's also like that's black. You can't tell the difference, really. Who at the station is lying drunk? <laughs> and give it a, a, a description again. Who's Flings the pots about the house, calls his hostess a promiscuer, breaks the glass windows with his dagger, and is apt to quarrel with any man that speaks to him. I don't know if there's anyone around here. I was going to say Yurko. I don't think that is even, even Yurk either. I would think Yurko would be a fun guy. I couldn't keep up with I him. I think Yurko's ape drunk. Yurko just goes nuts. He's dancing on the tables. Yes. Having a party scene. I would be surprised if Johnny was not a good dude to hang out with like he is now. He's always fun. Yeah. He's always a good, fun dude. Yeah. I think I would be along the lines of what I just mentioned. I think more more than nothing. Maybe Sylvie. Twitch chat thinks Sylvie is the lion drunk. Yes. JC. <laughs> the nicest person in the world. <laughs> 
<laughs> just becomes a monster. <laughs> I would say so. That could be Sylvie ready to pick a fight. Possibly. I've been around him. When I've he's been, been around state. Waddle when he's had three quarters of a bottle of scotch. Yeah. He's fun. He's a mess. But he's fun, though. Like, he'll have stains all over his shirt. Yeah. He was at my house one night. This is years ago. Mm-hmm. And I went and got a bottle of really good scotch for him. Three quarters of the bottle is gone, and Car is pulling him out of there going, okay, you're a mess. We need to go. Mm-hmm. And she just dragged him out. He had gotten food all over the front of his shirt. That's fun. Yeah. But he's he's a fun drunk. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd be along that same category too, Cap. You haven't been around me when I'm completely just gone. I have not. But I had been, drinks with you and Black when I took you guys to dinner in Detroit. Yes. Now, I found myself there. I, took, I, I drove myself. But, uh, yeah, I, I just pretty much, I think, a fun drunk. You couldn't really tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Black and I are in that, in that, in that way, if we're drinking, it, we're kind of the same person. Just a little bit more, maybe a little bit more fun. Right. Um, so coming up in two minutes, and by the way, the lion, that would also be Danny, ready to pick a fight at any time. Yeah, I would not want to <sighs> mess with Danny. I've been around him for that. That's tough. Justin Fields is shut down, and the bear season's over. <laughs> How do you describe it? We talk about the bears. It's on Chicago's Home for Sports.